Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast. Across the Margin, the podcast is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com. Check out all the new podcasts, all their live events, everything they got going on. That's OsirisPod.com. In this episode of Across the Margin, the podcast, I feature an interview with author Ben Apatow, whose writing has appeared in Alternate Press, Loudwire, Ultimate Classic Rock, Metal Injection, Metal Sucks, Daily News, The Deli, and MLB.com. He's the author of a Metallica book in 2021. In his latest book, the 33 and a third book dedicated to body counts, body count is the focus of this episode. On Ice-T's 1991 classic, OG, Original Gangster, he introduced his all-black hardcore band, Body Count, with lead guitarist Ernie C., bringing them on the first ever Lollapalooza tour that summer. The next year, Body Count's self-titled debut album rounded out by rhythm guitarist D-Rock the Executioner, bassist Moose Man, and drummer Beatmaster V made them the most incendiary band in the world. Confronting police brutality and white supremacy with pulverizing songs that shattered musical boundaries. Body Count's rage and shock humor sparked national protests and boycotts, including death threats, censure from the federal government, a spot on the FBI national threat list, and a denunciation by the President of the United States. The album was removed from stores and remains banned to this day. But decades later, Body Count are performing to their biggest audiences and greatest acclaim, pulling off one of the most remarkable comebacks in punk or metal history. Drawn from years of research and dozens of new interviews, this is the story of a band of high school friends who revolutionized modern music, brought explosive live performances, and raised questions America's lawmakers didn't want to answer, overcoming some of the country's most powerful forces to reshape the world's cultural conversation. So in this episode, me and Ben expound upon just how fast Ice-T's fame was amplifying before the cop killer controversy that lies at the heart of the book. We talk about how the controversy began and how it swelled to a level no other music industry artist faced prior, while exploring the fallout of it on Ice-T, Body Count, and Time Warner. We discuss the genius of guitarist-producer Ernie Cunningham, Body Count's enduring legacy, and how ultimately Body Count has outlasted the politicians that scorn them and the record stores that ban them. This was a fun one. It's a wild controversy to revisit, and uh, Ben knows so much about Ice T and Body Count, so I have no doubt you will enjoy this interview with Ben Apatow. podcast so ben thank you so so much for coming on the program i absolutely love the book uh the story of body count is absolutely fascinating so thank you thank you my pleasure um need to know just to start us out and uh kick things off why do you want to tell the story of body count um i love body count uh for me it was a combination of loving this band and thinking that i had something to say about them you know there's some Bands that I love, I, you know, I worship Bob Dylan, like just about everybody does, but I don't think I have that story inside me, right? Yeah. Whereas Body Count, um, they're a band I love and also a band that I've 
loved talking about it. I always kind of love seeing people's faces when they're like, wait a minute, it's it's Ice-T and it's it's a metal band? And wait, it got banned? This is Ice-T the actor, right? And what, you can't even get in stores, right? So I, I, I love seeing that reaction. It's such a story that deserves to be better known. And um, I also just remember through the years, uh, ever since I was a fan in high school, seeing stuff in the news or in music and thinking, you know, why aren't more people talking about this? You know, they're they're so important. They're so influential and they don't uh, seem to get talked about enough. And I have things to say about them. So it was a, a combination of those things that maybe you want to write the book. Absolutely. Yeah. The story, the story is huge. And I think, um, yeah, that's kind of leads me to my next questions because it's fascinating. This is something I kind of forgot. Uh, and that is just how big ice tea was before the mm-hmm. uh, infamous controversy that is at the center of your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to hear you talk about that. Just like what was going on with ice at that moment. Um, that's a story that I actually did not know either when I oh, really? was a body count fan. I thought he was kind of like a cool punk rock guy. And, and yep. he is obviously, but um, leading up to body count, Ice-T was very, very popular at Warner Brothers, his label. He's got incredible people skills, great business skills. He was friendly with all the CEOs and they were working on making him the next big thing. He had a, a synergy deal like the one that Madonna got for Maverick Records. This is giving him his own TV show with HBO, rap production. I've got wow. a, a slew of famous guests on there. Um, he had a comic series called Ice-T's Players for DC Comics. You can see pictures of that online. He had his own record label. He had a clothing uh, a, a clothing line called OGG, Original Gangster Gear. He's gotten movie roles. He's in New Jack City, the first rapper to get a big dramatic role where he's not playing himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's got more movie roles lined up and offers. And... Uh, the only yeah. rap uh, rap song on the Dick Tracy uh, soundtrack. I That's right. Yeah, <laughs> the one rapper. He's their kind of crossover guy. He's the guy yeah. who's going to appeal to a, you know, uh, one person in the story said um, he could talk to you about anything, and oh, he wow. would talk to the CEOs, and he he could go in depth about politics and music and sports and entertainment, and he just was in business, and he was so he found a way to connect to people, and you know they all loved him personally. And uh, the people I talked to were like, yeah, he was always in the building, always playing things. And they were really kind of working with him to make him kind of the first rap Madonna, right? The first sort of like big multimedia star, which he is to an extent now. But um, this is before Body Count and that scandal happened, kind of derailed his uh, career for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had the privilege of seeing you introduce uh, New Jack City at the local movie theater here in Brooklyn. And it didn't hit me, you know, kind of revisiting the movie how he was the he was the first name before the title of new jack city and think about that and all the stars in it now we're talking snipes and everyone else i mean he was the premier person in that movie which is wild yeah he is and you know there had been um movies where rappers had played themselves as kind of vehicles there were the uh the break-in movies which he has small parts in as himself basically there was a house party and tougher than leather but you know this is before um it's before Boys in the Hood. It's before Six Degrees of Separation with Will Smith in the series role. And he uh, it's the first time that a rapper gets a role that's really not just like a vehicle for his music. Right. So we can playing a dramatic role as, as, as somebody else. Absolutely. So I want to circle around and talk some body count seriously, kind of like the second half of our conversation, because it's sure. revisiting them made me realize how special they are. But we really I'd love to get into this controversy because it's really uh it, it's wild it's it's just the the reaches how, how far it went um and i guess that's my question when and uh how did this controversy erupt when did this start because it's funny uh like the song they were actually singing the song if i'm right 
for about a year or so before yep. this controversy kind of boiled over. Yeah, they were singing the song on uh, the first ever Lollapalooza tour. Yep. Um, Lollapalooza is just becoming a huge success. It's the first thing people don't know how big all these bands are about to be. And uh, Ice-T brought Body Count on the tour. He he's brought on as Ice-T, the rapper. He's Body Count's not even on the posters. But halfway through his show, he'll say, all right, I got something to show you. And he brings out Body Count and they just kind of level the place. But um, so, yeah, the song was out for... They were playing it live for a year, and then mm. in March the record comes out, and it's a moderate success. You know, for a band with that kind of punk rock sound, they're about about as much as you'd expect someone like the Dead Candies or Black Flag to sell. So it's a moderate success, and then shortly after it comes out, the Rodney King verdict comes in. Um, Ellie goes up in flames, and a little bit after that, a teenage girl brings home a copy of the record. Her father's a policeman in Texas. And he copies the lyrics, he sends it to someone who sends it to someone else, and it becomes a big cause for the police who organize a boycott around Time Warner. Not around, mm -hmm. not don't boycott body around ice. Yep. Boycott body count, boycott all things Time Warner. And mm -hmm. um, Jones, Warner Brothers, Sire Records, down to uh, the body count album. Yep. And uh, it becomes a presidential election issue. All the candidates comment on it. Congress releases a letter about it. They get pulled from stores, uh, people get death threats, they get um, banned from venues. And yeah, it's a whole summer, a big scandal. There are op-eds in the New York Times, and it's a uh, it's a discussion point on all sorts of uh, news TV channels. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's I was that was kind of lead right towards that next question, like how big this controversy got, like because I was I was kind of touching on it. It kind of went straight to the top. It was wild. It did. Yeah. yeah, it's the first time in history a president condemned, a, a sitting president exactly. condemned uh, a recording artist. It mm -hmm. um, like it was, uh, you know, as a presidential election issue, um, they kind of let the vice presidential candidate do a lot of the dirty work that doesn't get on the um, on the leading candidate. So Dan Quayle makes it a big part of his campaign speeches. Uh, Bill Clinton has made released a statement on it. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it becomes this big thing. And there's a... Uh, there is a uh, a standoff at uh, the Time Warner shareholders meeting. Charlton Heston speaks about it. The NRA tries to take it over. It becomes this big thing where um, sponsors are pulling out. They're losing hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, yeah, it was this huge out of control controversy. And then Ice-T pulled the song off the record. And yeah. um, it, it was wild it, to me that, that how much Charlton Heston was coming up in the book and how involved he was. That's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I will say that um, he yeah, actually was, grind. Yeah, definitely an axe grind, and a lot more than is in the book. Weirdly, oh really? He, yeah, he. Um, I, I didn't get to include much of it in the book because I wanted it to be about body count and just like yeah. a little. So it's sort of like a greatest hits of Charlton Heston in the book. But he made that really like one of the leading causes of the last part of his life. His last chapter in his autobiography is all about that story. Uh, he delivers speeches at CPAC and Harvard Law, and he is. It's kind of one of his uh, stump speech stories. And for the last part of his life, him against cop killer, which he viewed as a victory. So he kind of liked to tout that as, you know, a way that he sort of helped save kids from iced tea, you know. And um, <laughs> he definitely made it a big part of his uh, his twilight years. Yeah. So let's talk about the fallout, though. And I guess you can look at it as in, in multiple multiple ways and speak on it any way you want to. But, uh, you know, there is a lot of fallout to, to this controversy, to iced tea and Body Count, to Warner Brothers, uh, and even to rap music generally. Yeah. Can you talk about the fallout song? Yeah. Um, the day after Ice-T pulled the record, there was a big meeting at um, 
have an emergency meeting at Warner with rappers and managers and artists where they said, okay, look, we're going to have to edit your stuff. And if you want to leave, you can leave with our blessing, but um, mm -hmm. you got to go quietly if you're going to be doing this stuff. And yep. a lot of numerous artists lost their record deals. Um, albums got changed. Uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic is coming out. They had to get a song taken yeah, off of that. Um, cover. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's uh, two songs, actually. One was... was it? One was made a single and one was uh one was just rewritten for the record um yep. but it's kind of used as a a way to um sort of you know nip hip-hop music in the bud for a little bit and they yeah. uh and people just like we don't want another one of these scandals and uh and ice yeah. t eventually loses his record deal and even though he's very popular there uh and they said yeah it was painful to let him go but uh you know, his next record had some lyrics that we didn't really like, and Ice is thinking about it, and he says, you know what, I just, I can't do this, and he yeah. went to a different label, so, yeah. Yeah, there were some positive things for Body Count, though. Demand of the album actually was going up. As, as Yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, it did. It uh, it sold. It uh, went gold the day after uh, Ice TMA's announcement. It sold out <laughs> of records across the country. It uh, it definitely made the record more uh, infamous than it would be, Um, and I it did, I will say, I talked to... um. Ron Delord, who's the uh, police chief boss who really led the fight mm -hmm. to get that song removed. And he said to me, you know, a lot of people said, well, you know, you're supposed to make the sales go up. And but that's not the point. And he said, you know, the, if not now, when are we going to stop it? The next record's going to be worse. And he also said, and I'll, I'll give him credit for being right about this. He said, look, that that record had a limited audience. You mm -hmm. know, it's not. And. I personally love Body Count. I think they're one of the best bands in the world. Yeah. But I also understand that they're not Guns N' Roses, right? Or ACDC. They have a cool kind of like punk rock, like gold record feel to them. But I'd be I'd be very surprised if Body Count had like a 10 million selling album, right? Yeah. But um, yeah. but uh yeah, it did uh it did definitely increase sales of the record controversy. Absolutely. It's just cool. But um so why this was a big deal, and and you know I, I think he took a lot of criticism from fellow artists um, yeah. and, and such. But why did Ice T actually make the decision to take Cop Killer off the record and kind of give in to, to this this push from from uh, his his you know detractors? Ice T has given different answers over the year. He's said that um, you know there was death threats to people he cared about. He says you know look they you know they're scaring you know my friends at the label and not me. Um, and, uh, he said, you know, it was, he didn't want to make the whole record about the song. He's, he said a few things, but, uh, also you see throughout his career that he likes to play around with censorship. You know, mm -hmm. he, uh, designs one of the first ever parental warning labels before the famous black and white one is made. And he's kind of like, you know, kids are going to want this cause it's banned. And he, uh -huh. his, uh, body count gets, uh, removed from some shows in the sunset strip. Cause they're worried about the crowd getting out of control and, he talks it up in his MTV interviews. He's like, hey, we got banned in LA. That's great. And he kind of likes to play with censorship. I um I, I had a quote that I did not get permission to use that I want to use for the epigraph of the book, which was huh? um a quote from Basquiat, who said, I cross that word so you will see them more. Uh, right. And yeah, uh, I think yeah. Ice T's a little bit like that, where he um he I think that by removing the song, he gave it more strength. You know, the sales went up. It's now a notorious piece of American history, not just a uh, an iconic punk rock song. It's a uh, and I, I think that, um, you know, he very quickly shows after removing the sign, people are upset and uh, call him out. And they, he knew that, and, you know, other rappers are disappointed and, you know, fans are disappointed. But, you know, days after the song is gone, 
He's on the cover of Rolling Stone in a policeman's outfit. Yep. You know, he's uh, saying Very stole famous the cover. Yeah. Say again. Super famous cover as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something like that. It's, it's yes, yeah. it's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah. these days. Yeah, there's a they have an exhibit on uh on basically a free speech with you know Frank Zappa and people like that. And there's Ice T with his uh quotes and his you know his Billy Club and uh yeah he um you know he made it very clear that he was not giving up. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he felt his point was made as well. And I think you're about, yeah, that quote, that's an amazing quote, uh, leads to that. So, so let's get into body count because of my affinity as I was like listening to the songs and reading the book, and I always appreciate their music. I just, I just started liking them more and more. And I'm like, forgot how much I liked them and forgot how good they were. Uh, I'd love to hear you talk about how, uh, you know, what makes body count special. Body Count is special because they are um, one of the one of the only bands I think that you could call one of the greatest punk or metal records ever. Right? It's um, particularly on that record. You know, the newer ones are more metal, but um, which I which I love. But uh, you know, at this at this point, you've got punk bands who metalheads like. You've got metal bands that punks like. But you would never say that Slayer is a punk band or like Discharge is a metal band, right? You're like, okay, I see Slayer's got that hardcore influence. I see why punks like them, but that's not a punk band. Body Count has this very seamless blend of punk and metal where, you know, it's got that sort of raw production and, you know, those political lyrics and, you know, but it's got incredible song structures and arrangements. It's got drum solos, which you never hear on punk records. It's this very complicated blend of music. You know, they've got these kind of funk shout outs where it says he calls out the musicians and tells them what to do. It's got... Uh, you know, sort of a jazzy rhythm section. It's this great combination of music that um, sounds very simple. It sounds like it's just a, a, a an unpolished punk rock band, but it's so complicated and so uh, and so catchy and so funny and scary. And uh, one thing I say in the book is I, I don't think there's ever been another record in history that is the same combination of being um, being so intellectually progressive and politically incorrect, right? Because they're um, they're so progressive and they've got their anti-police brutality and anti-racism and anti-book banning. And they have this X-rated sense of humor where they're chopping up mom and dad. They're having sex with KKK bitches. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, if it's it's like a bridge between Guar and Rage Against the Machine, right? Where they've got these like fiery, you know, political messages, but also this kind of like no holds barred sense of humor that uh, just shocked a lot of people. Absolutely. There's uh, two quotes I love that you have in the book. It's um, when body count is in the house, it's both a party and a home invasion, which is awesome. But I love this description of them. Uh, body count is steeped in horror, crime, drama, action and black exploitation, presenting fiction that can show a more complete, uh, complete reality than news. That's awesome. That's a great, great way to say it. Um, it was so cool to learn more about Ernie Cunningham, just uh, mm -hmm. just how special he was. And, and, and you know, even listening to him like shred on the albums, I was like, <laughs> oh man, I forgot Ernie could do this. And just like all his contacts and everything. Uh, I'd love to hear you, you discuss um, just, uh, you know, what Ernie brought to the band and just, just kind of how special he was. He's uh, just, my appreciation is through the roof right now. Oh yeah, I, I love Ernie. He's so great. Yeah. I think he should be a household name. I mean, he, and uh -huh. this is, a cliche, but, uh, you know, he and Ice are kind of like Mick and Keith, you know, they've known each other since boyhood. They're um, longtime collaborators on music and lyrics. And uh, he's a great guy. He is the sweetest human being. Everybody really? I talk to. Yeah, they all he's That's wonderful. Awesome. Everyone yeah. I talk to, like, you're going to love Ernie. He's so nice. He's so cool. 
And he is. He gets back to you immediately. He puts you in touch with people. He's supportive. He sent me a picture of my book next to his Grammy. He's just such a like That's cool. nice, cool guy. I love Ernie. Um, yeah. And one thing I wanted to particularly show about Ernie, too, is that uh, he's definitely a boss. You know, I think going back to making Keith, you know, I remember I saw an interview with Slash one time where he said, you know, everyone thinks that Mick is the the sort of like rock star business ego guy. And Keith is like the laid back one. Keith yep. is very focused. Like you don't get to be Keith Richards without being like, you know, everyone's like, oh, Keith is just like a sweet, nice guy. And Nick is the sort of like, you know, tough business guy. But Keith is very, um, Keith is also a boss, right? And I want to show that for Ernie too, right? Ernie is a very sweet guy, but he's focused. He gives out report cards to the bands. He hires people. He fires the people. Report card thing's really cool. Sorry right? yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool dude. He's a focused dude. He, um, yeah, he, uh, one, one person I talked to said, you know, Ice is, you know, the leader of body count, but also he's got four or five other jobs, right? And, you know, I, and Ernie is really the guy who gets them all together. And uh, so I want to show that he's a sweet guy. And, and this is not mutually exclusive. He's also a, uh, he's also a, a business guy. He's a, you know, a hardworking hustler type too. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about body counts and ice's um, career post cop, mm-hmm. cop killer. Um, you can, you know, could take one at a time. What happened to body count uh, post um, post uh, the, you know, the, the cop killer controversy? Well, body count, they found a new label. They were more like, like a lot of metal bands and like a lot of, black artists they were more appreciated in europe and they did a lot of touring there um the follow-up records weren't as successful they're not quite as funny as uh ernie has said to me he said you know body count humor is so important and we had just gone through some rough stuff three of the members died over the years between um between uh the first album and their sort of comeback that they've had recently so they sort of um they're seemingly kind of fading away they made records more sporadically and towards sporadically ice t gets this big kind of like game-changing job on uh law and order and then in the last 10 years they got together with a new band ernie said to me that he's had seven different lineups and the only ones that worked well are the first one and the one that he has now and um they've had this kind of and even like when i was a body count fan in high school i kind of thought they were finished right i was like you know well they had a few records and the first one's a classic but um yeah, they've uh, had this incredible strong comeback. They sort of modernized their sound with this like metalcore thing and um, a new uh, producer, Will Putney, who I interviewed for the book. And uh, on their most recent record, they won a Grammy, which is just <laughs> astonishing that, you know, the biggest outlaws in punk or metal history got the the most renowned prestigious award in, uh, the, in the industry. So, yeah, they've had uh, I, I can't think of a bigger comeback in punk or metal, actually, that they, you know, went from being kind of chased down by um, the police and the federal government to winning a Grammy 30 years later. So it's truly it's, it's truly unbelievable. And I mean, now, as you point out, um, Ice-T is now the longest running black actor on television. Who would have thought? That's incredible. Yeah, that, it's amazing, right? He um, he also just has a super hustler mentality, as you yep. know, as, as you can tell, he uh I found an interview where he said something like, uh, they asked you, are you a, uh, are you an actor, a musician? How do you define yourself? And he said, well, I'm a writer first, but yep. bottom line hustler, right? He definitely, <laughs> you know, he, he focuses, he changes his business, you know, he, um, and uh, yeah, you know, early on, he, we, we just watched New Jack City. He uh, takes a role as a policeman yep. and, you know, he gets, raises some eyes that I see he's playing a policeman, but he says, look, you know, if, I were playing a rapper or a gangster, people know that I could act and they're going to yeah. see this and they're going to give me roles in the long run. And he, he also says, uh, I played the cop that I wished all cops were like. 
right? So mm -hmm. you see the copy plays on Law and Order, and you know he's got his one-liners. He's kind of a tough guy, and he's uh, you know, he's kind of like an Ice T type cop, and he brought that sort of rock star persona that he has in music to acting, and he uh, he does so well with that now. Absolutely, uh, this was a fun fact that I really liked reading. It was cool to see how. Uh, Perry Farrell put on Body Count, kind of with Lollapalooza. He talked a little bit about that earlier. But um, at Body Count and Ernie had a big uh, part of putting on Rage Against the Machine. Which yes, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that work out? That's uh, he, uh, um, Ernie knew uh, Tom Morello through his first band, Lockup. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if it was like his very first band, but they were band before Rage. And uh, he said Tom Morello gave him a tape. And that tape was the first Rage Against the Machine album. And, you know, he went to the rehearsal space to watch him and booked them on the tour and uh he said to me he said you could tell that they were stars they just had so much persona and he uh booked them as an opening act and tom morello said that was uh you know that was our big break was opening yeah. for body count and within 10 shows and i i still just like cool. looking at footage of them from that time, i mean i saw rage last year and they're just absolutely on fire but yeah, um, it was amazing i such see a good him sitting down zach was sitting yeah. down Oh my it. god, yeah, right. He was so I was like, how can he do it? But he was oh yep. my god, what a great show. But uh absolutely I just can't imagine like a club show of like body count with and the opener is Rage Against the Machine. And uh there are some old posters where they misspell Rage's name. It's just like I I just just completely unknown, get blown away by this band. And it's uh what what a great bill. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, the, the energy of those two acts back to back is crazy. So what do you, what would you say, and this is kind of a fun thing to uh, discuss and kind of bring us home here, is what would you say is the Body Count's like ultimate legacy? Body Count's ultimate legacy? Um, boy, that's tough. They uh, yeah. th That record, I think, is a singular, you know, piece of existence. I mean, it's just yeah. there's nothing like it. It's, uh, you know, th that combination of styles, those lyrics that um that blend of humor and you know intensity and scariness mm -hmm. it's a real it's a real singular piece of art and yeah. um so that i think stands on its own i also just uh seeing the world kind of catch up to them and seeing the stuff that they you know um in a way it's a little like uh you know or actually around the same time this was a, a fall scandal of that year as body count happened the summer it's a little bit like Sinead O'Connor and the Pope right mm. where um you know do this big statement that you know causes a furor and threatens your career and uh years later people are like oh they're right about that and people were yeah. that upset about the song and you know and now uh you know hip-hop and I know they're not a hip-hop band but they've got you know Ice-T says it's a rock record with a rap mentality now that's yep. you know sort of celebrate this year for its 50th anniversary as a national treasure. And uh, mm -hmm. I think Ice-T broke a lot of ground for what could be accepted in art. You know, this year he got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You know, uh -huh. that's not something you hand out to guys like Ice-T. And I think that um, the fact that he can have such a subversive band that still sounds so... Uh, so intense and so underground, so called, and do these Cheerios commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't water down the band at all. It doesn't yep. you know make anyone question his integrity at all. He's just such a like uh, he's just such a force of personality that he can make all that work and pull it together. You know, there are other people who so you know, start doing commercials and people are like, oh, you sell out. But Ice yep. T is such a a, a real person. Ice T and Ernie are such real guys, and um, I think that yeah. really shines the record. You know, it's very important, I think, to, to mention, too, that a lot of the 
the lies that were made up about the album and, and everything they were saying about it never were true. Now that we look back with the hindsight and stuff, I think it's important to note that, you know, they, they were talking about it inciting violence and, and, and cops being attacked and things like that. But that was never, ever the case, right? That's true. Yeah. And that was, uh, you know, it was a uh, news was spread quickly and not debunked easily in a way yep. back then. And uh, people reported one of the things that was being boycotted was uh, was Batman Returns, which came out that summer. And uh, mm -hmm. people reported that Cop Killers and Batman Returns. People reported that it was a report that was a big hit single with a video. It didn't get either of those things. So a lot was spread about that. Um, and one more point I'll make about the, uh, the legacy of Body Count is uh, one thing Ice-T says frequently during the controversy is uh, people are after me because white kids are listening, right? Mm -hmm. Because if this had stayed in the street, no one would have cared. But now, you know, little Sally's coming home singing Cop Killer and mom and dad don't know what to do, right? And they, you know, they say, we don't like those people. She says, well, I think they're, they're not what you think it is. And uh, so basically having a white fan base got him in trouble. True. But one thing you see in the story that I want to kind of um, bring up at the end is you see so many, you know, black and non-white fans who see Body Count and think, where's this been my whole life? Yeah. This is, yeah. you know, I had one guy who said, I, I rewound that tape. The, the first Body Count song was on the Ice-T album, OG Original Gangster. And he says, I just rewound that again and again. Like, that, this is a real band? What? And, you know, <laughs> years later, he's taking horror out on tour and they're just like, you know, can't believe it's really him. And he, he shook our hand after the show and just... uh He's been such a, a visible and I asked Ice about that. And he's like, you know, fuck anybody who tells you you can't like the kind of music you like. You know, that's, you know, don't let anyone, you know, give you crap about liking punk or metal. And he's yeah. so, uh, yeah, I think that he, you know, paved such a way for uh, for his his music like that. Fantastic. You just mentioned, I just uh, have to ask after you said that, you said you asked Ice about that. Who did you, uh, there's so many, you know, different voices within the book that, that add to, you know, uh, telling this whole story and rounding everything out. Who who did you talk to? I saw. I mean, did you talk to Chuck D at all? Or talk to Chuck D. That's right. I talked to Chuck awesome. D. I talked to Henry Rollins. I talked to um, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Uh, Ice T, Ernie, um, all the guys who are currently in Body Count. So that's um, Juan of the Dead, Ill Will Dorsey, uh, Vincent Price. I spoke with uh, Shawnee Sean, who's their hype man, who's also known yep. them since high school. Mm -hmm. I spoke with uh, Angela Moore from Fishbone. Um, Got interviewed some two of the living color guys, Vernon Reed and Corey Glover, um, Doc Coyle from God Forbid, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God. Um, wow, wow. Surfers. So, uh, yeah, wide, uh, wide range of people. So, that's yeah. cool. You get show it really, it really, uh, you know, so, it's so comprehensive. It's filled up, filled up with all those interviews. It's just, it was like, it was, I mean, I'd love the book. It was so fun revisiting the controversy and just kind of then finding out just how special the band was ice was it was a real gift to like revisit their music too i mean getting back in the album so thank you for that thank you for the conversation today i really appreciate it i appreciate you coming on the show my pleasure thank you body count body count body count yeah body motherfucker body count body count body count body count body count
Motherfucking place to be on the base. I got my main motherfucker called Moose Man. Laying the rhythm tracks. I got the one and only infamous D Rock in the half. On the drums, I got the one and only Beat Master V, motherfucker. On lead guitars, I got my nigga Ernie C. And I'm Ice Motherfucking T, bitch. Come on, come on, make some noise. Yeah, God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Body counts in the house. 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 This podcast is in the loop, the legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.